Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. that you are joining us to worship this morning. So whether you're with us here in person or online, if you would stand up to your feet, we are going to sing some praises to our God this morning. And man, I am so excited because did you know that our God is alive and we are coming up on Easter to celebrate that. But if you know God today, not only is he alive, but he is alive in you and you can live in that power. So let's sing it out. You are God. 
grave this morning?
have in here, Lord, it says, I taste and see that you are good. And blessed is he who takes refuge in him. And Father, we want to take refuge in you today, God. Let the King of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from. Oh, He is my son. Let the King of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life. Oh, He is my son. You are good.
that up to him this morning. Amen, amen, amen. Well, hey, I don't know what kind of week you've had this week. There might be some people here online. You've had a discouraging week. It might have been really rough for you. Or hey, maybe the opposite's true. Maybe this has been a great week, one of the best of the new year. But hey, either way, wherever you are, wherever you're coming in from, I want to share with you a couple words from Scripture that I think are just going to bless you this morning. I think someone needs to hear this today. Check this one out from First Chronicles. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is what? He is good and his love endures. How long? Oh, man, doesn't that feel good? Sometimes like the simplest truths from God's word just mean the most, just just register the most, man. Praise God for that word. Also, hey, check this one out too. This is from Romans. It says, and we know that in all things, that could be relationships, that could be your finances, your family, just all the things going on in your life. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his what? Purpose. We're going to hear that word a lot today. Hey, I tell you what, folks, it is so good to worship our God, and it is so good to do it with you here in person and online this Sunday morning. Before you do anything else, before you even think about finding a seat, find someone around you. Make them feel welcome today. Give them a smile. Give them a wave. Give them a fist bump. Let someone know around you that you're glad to see them this morning, and then have a seat when you're done with that. And hey, while everyone here in the room is greeting each other, let me give a special greeting to everyone joining us at Real Life Church Online. Throw up some likes, throw up some hearts, type some stuff in the comments. We're just honored that you are worshiping God with us wherever you are online. And hey, everyone in the room, can we go ahead and give it up for Real Life Online? Make them feel welcome this morning. Yeah, you're just such an honored part of what we do at Real Life Church. We're glad you're here with us. Hey, if you're brand new, and you're online, or if you're brand new and you're in the room today, let me just encourage you, get your phone out right now and text RLNEW to 97000. And when you do that, a member from our connection team will reach out to you this week. Now I promise no one will ever show up uninvited. No one's gonna show up to your doorstep at all. We wanna reach out digitally to you and just make sure that you had a great morning. Make sure you felt welcome here at Real Life Church. We wanna answer any questions that you might have about Real Life Church, and maybe even most importantly of all, we wanna see how we could be praying for you this week. So I just encourage you, don't be bashful. You can do that right now online or here in the room. And hey, if you're here in the room and that's you and you're brand new, please don't leave here today without stopping by the New Here booth. It's right out here in the hub. And we've got a small gift for you, just our way of saying thanks for being here at Real Life Church this weekend. You know, Real Life Church is a church on a mission. And that mission is to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose. I told you it's going to come up again. Their real life and purpose in Jesus. Another way we like to say that, we are a church for the unchurched. This is a place you can come to if you know nothing about God. You've never been around it before. You never darkened the door of a church in a day in your life. Man, this is the place for you to learn about God. Hey, this is a place for you to come if you've been burned by church, if you've been broken by past experiences. We have so many people here that just want to walk with you and just answer questions for you and just meet you where you are. And hey, this is also a great place if you're in between churches. Maybe you're new to the community or you're just looking for a new home, a new church home. I would just encourage you, come check us out for a few weeks and then 
and just see what God wants you to do with that. See what his purpose for you in that is. And hey, speaking of purpose and, and making this your home, I would love to invite you right after this gathering to take your next step. Maybe you have been coming for a while. Maybe you've been enjoying the worship, chatting with people, a lot of friendly faces, good vibes, all that great stuff. But you're wondering like, what do I do next? How do I plant some roots here at Real Life, really make this house my home? Well, after the gathering, Sean and Diane would just love to meet with you in the Next Steps room. It's right down the hallway, right out here, past the restrooms, right after this gathering. And they want to talk to you today about your purpose. I told you, we're going to say it a few times, right? So they want to talk to you about your purpose today. Because when you find out what that purpose is, the doors just swing wide open in your life. The opportunities that God will give you. The ways that God just wants to meet you where you are, bless your life, and bless the community around you. So if you've never done it before, there's no good place to start. They're all good place to start. So why not make it today? Come on out and take your next step right after this gathering. I know Sean and Diane would just love to, to hear from you. You know, guys, I don't know about you, but sometimes life feels like it's just pulling me in a thousand different directions. It just feels like that no matter where I turn to, things are going on, right? And when the stress level rises, again, I don't know about you, I go inward. I start to retreat a little bit, you know, tap out, I'm done. But you know what? As Christians, as Jesus followers, we sometimes can do that too in church. Sometimes we can get trapped into that, that, that awful thought, that routine of like church just exists for itself, right? Putting on a show for ourselves, putting up some worship for ourselves. But we know that's not true. We know that our church isn't just in our city. We know that our church is for our city. So I want you to give it up because Sean is going to give us an awesome word this morning. Give it up, Sean Petrie. Come on, Sean. Nice. I mean, you guys are looking good. Checking this out. This mic. There, there we go. Can't hear myself, so it's kind of weird. I'm yelling. I see a lot of familiar faces. I appreciate you guys being here today. And I just got a question for you. Man, have you ever been so excited about something they had to go tell someone? Ever so excited about something to tell somebody? I don't know about you, but this week, a lot of you guys, at least you live in Raymore, you're probably excited that you have to cross the bridge or 49 to get a coffee through the drive-thru at Scooters. Come on, somebody. You've probably been telling people, like, you can just drive through, like, maybe it's not as good as Star Wars, maybe it's whatever you think. I go for Bing coffee. Come on, somebody. Shout out to Bing. One person. That's cool. Three. It's, all, it's just smooth. It's my, it's my, I'm like the uh, kind of guy who drinks the dessert coffee, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just entry-level kind of mode, you know. Now, Diane's a connoisseur, but I don't know what it is. Maybe there's something that you have to tell somebody you're excited about. I, I saw the show. I've watched the first two seasons of Formula One Racing. The third season came out. I'm like, dude, you got to watch this. It's probably just me, you know. I don't care about race cars, but I started watching. I was like, this is awesome, you know. I don't know what show you've been watching recently. You're probably telling somebody. Maybe it's an app on your phone. Maybe it's a cool vacation place. Some of you guys are probably leaving this spring break, you know. You probably got a place picked out because somebody last year had to tell you how excited they are about whatever place it was. Have you ever been there before? Ever been so excited to tell somebody? Put your hand up if that's you. Come on, put your hand up high. Been so excited to tell somebody. Put them up high. Keep them up. Keep them up. Keep them up. I just got to know. No, put those hands up. No, put them up. Don't, don't be cheating on me. I got to see around. I got to look around. I got to know, what is it that you were so excited about? I think we should all share what we're excited about a little bit. So if you got something in mind, if not, everybody's scared now. Just watch this. Watch this. <laughs> what is going to happen today? I saw a hand over here. You got something in mind? Nothing? Nothing. You're too close to the speaker. It's going to feedback anyway. So <laughs> what do you got? When I bought my first car. When I bought my first car, what was it? A Malibu. Malibu, was it like brand new? No, it was about three years old. You're doing good. Come on. Got the Malibu. I like that. What else? Who's got a hand up? I'm going to go back here. 
Did somebody raise somebody else's hand. We got a, what do you got? No, you. Now she's like, what? Well, I have something. You have something? <laughs> when I got my monkey stuffed animal. There you go. When life was simple. Come on, somebody. When I went to Disney World. Come on, which time? Um, all of them. <laughs> How many times have you been? Three. Three times. Give it up for the parents. Come on. <laughs> Megan's ran some marathons through Disney. you got to ask her about it. She's now getting embarrassed. But All right, I saw a hand back here somewhere. Vicki, come on. When we went to Orlando, I secured a five-bedroom, five-bathroom house in a gated community for one thirty a night. Come on. <laughs> Proverbs 31 woman right here, guys. That's what I'm talking about. You got any hands? You had her oh, here we go. Uh, our first cruise to Alaska. Your first cruise to Alaska? You've had multiple? Well, multiple cruises, but only one to Alaska. Dude, that's awesome. Very nice. Very nice. I don't know what excites you guys. I don't know. You guys are awful quiet over here. Now, this is a good chance for your business owner or like a salesperson. I know Randy wants to talk about some windows today. <laughs> Just really excited about putting windows in, selling some houses. This is your moment. This is what God's blessed you with, some concrete countertops. I don't know whatever it's going to be. I'll tell you what excites me. This is going to make me sound like real prissy, but I'm going to talk about some socks. Got some socks. They're called fit socks, and uh, you can see them. I, I, they're not really that cool looking from here, but I always wear fit socks. There we go. It's F-I-T-S. It means faithful and training servants. It's a Christian company. And these socks, they, they found me. I didn't go find them. It was like divine providence, okay? I was happy with the Walmart sock, you know what I'm saying? And I went on a missions trip, and a guy on the trip with me, his, his dad owned a company, and he was a part of the company. He passed out these socks to everybody. I thought, okay, I mean, I've just had my normal socks. Like, whatever. I put this sock on. It is the sock. I've been wearing these socks, the same socks, okay, not the same ones, but for 10 years now, okay, this is 2009, I'm getting old, I went on this trip, I've been wearing fit socks ever since, and I don't know, it just excites me, like people like, nobody, anybody have fit socks, by the way? This is exactly why I'm excited to talk to you about fit socks. <laughs> no, I don't make any money from fit socks, okay, <laughs> but I'm telling you, these socks, it's really cool, They're, they have graduated compression, so as you pull them up, they get tighter and tighter and tighter around the top. They never slide down. Come on, somebody. They're cupped around the heel. They never shift so you don't get blisters on your feet. They're cupped around the toes. They never bunch up. These are antimicrobial. They're water wicking. They have every style and brand, different sizes for men. You have all these different. I'm telling you, it's like the perfect sock. Matter of fact, I had to research this and looked it up, and they said that they made a million socks a day. That was their company. That's what they did. They sold socks to Walmart. So I was wearing their socks. This wasn't called Fitz. And uh, they basically said, hey, all their jobs are being shipped overseas. And so we want American-made sock. And we're, we're just asking question. We want to make the best sock ever made. And so they made the Fit sock. I'm telling you, it's just absolutely amazing sock. And I told Diane, if my body gets mangled or something and you see the Fit sock, you just know it's me. You know, <laughs> just don't need a toe tag. That, that's my husband. He's gone. And I told her, just bury me in the fit sock, you know, just put me in the casket. Because when I get to heaven, I'm going to be on those streets of gold with my fit socks. You know what I'm saying? You're all missing out for eternity. So anybody going to buy some fit socks now? No. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you got to go online. They used to have them at a place called Backwoods, if you remember that, next to REI. But they don't, they don't sell them anymore. So my mom always gives me fit socks for Christmas. Come on. Thank you, Mama, by the way. Um, but as Jesus followers, here's a question for you today. As Jesus followers, man, how passionate, how excited are we to tell people about Jesus? You know, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Like, just be real. Like, we have it on our heart to tell somebody or, like, to, to invite them or just to play a part of story God. And, whoo, we get nervous, right? Like, you don't have to be real honest today. Just, like, just we know it's real, right? Like, it's awkward to tell somebody about Jesus or, or to invite them to church or to take that next step. Like, hey, can I pray with you? Like, isn't it weird? 
Like, we love church. We love coming on Sunday. And then it's like, oh, man, like, I would, I'd love to invite them, but how do I do that? Like, I just don't know enough or don't feel like I'm qualified. And, you know, oftentimes we love our life group, and you're like, this is the perfect group for this person. But then we're like, ah, oh, I don't know how to bring it up. Like, we're close, like we're an acquaintance, but we're, yeah, we're just not that close. Like, if I knew him a little longer, like, we got a little closer, then I might, might bring it up. Or maybe you remember your past. Maybe you tried to bring it up before, and you kind of threw it up. You've been there? Anybody like that at all? Anybody, anybody tried to bring up the gospel with somebody or invite them to something? It's like, it just didn't go well. You know what I'm talking about? Come on, put the hand up right now. That's you. We've all done that, right? Like, I've been there. It's just awkward, right? We had a saying back when I was a youth pastor. We used to say, awkward is awesome. Because sometimes you're just going to puke it up, and this is going to happen, but God's going to use it. But so often we're not ready for this. And so today I want to give you really a tool and equip you to how to invite people out to church without making it completely awkward to do this. And there's a verse found in Romans 12, 11 that says this, never be lacking in zeal. This word zeal means energy. Never lack energy. Never lack enthusiasm. Never lack your passion for the cause of Christ. Now, I'll tell you what, 2020, 2021, everything you see around us, it's easy to get sucked in the vortex of death and lose our passion and zeal for the things of God. It's easy. And the second part of the verse says, keep, keep your spiritual fervor. We're going to talk back to this word of fervor. It's serving the Lord. I mean, this spiritual fervor is spiritual intensity, spiritual passion. Now, I don't know about you. We kind of do this, don't we? You've been there like, we're on fire, and it's like, Ooh, I don't know if I believe all this. Ooh, I'm fire, right? Like we have this, that's spiritual growth, by the way. It's not linear. Come on, somebody. It's a scribble. That's a, that's a good lesson for you as parents, okay? <laughs> Just looks like this. It goes everywhere, right? But God says, keep our spiritual fervor, our spiritual intensity. You know what Paul is really saying to us? You know, we often think of our lives like a, like a kettle on the stove. It just takes a while to warm up to Jesus and have all the right answers and be qualified. I don't know, my wife, she likes to cook or to make coffee at home. Cook coffee, yeah. That's how much I make coffee. Come on, somebody. <laughs> cook coffee. She's got that, like, French press thing going. She's got me trained, you know. I don't even drink it. Just make it for her. But she puts that kettle on the stove, and it's like three hours later every time it boils. And <laughs> I never heard that my whole life until, like, a few years ago. I'm like, dude, this is something from, like, 1900, you know. <laughs> like, you see in this block, it takes forever. But nowadays they have, what, they have Insta-Hot, right? Like, you turn on, it's like, <laughs> just any moment, just, like, fiery water, right? It's boiling already. And that's what God's calling us to be like. But what Paul is basically saying is we're not waiting to the third song in the set before we're, like, warmed up to God. You know what I'm saying? We're not waiting for the guest speaker or that camp moment, like, when you're in high school. And it's like, man, I go to camp. Ooh, I'm going to be where I need to be. I'm not, I'm not waiting for the perfect moment in time. You know that song turns on the radio? You got your song. I know what it is. Some of you guys were way back in the day. DC Talk. Come on, somebody. You know, you just, man, that's a jam. I don't know what your jam is. But you, all of a sudden that song turns on. Like, now I'm the kind of guy I like to listen to country music. And I don't know. You don't, don't judge me. Come on, somebody. All right, and so I turn on my old school country music. I got grilled straight going. I'm way off base. I don't know why I'm talking about this. But when I hear this music, all of a sudden, I start working on stuff. So when Diane hears this music, she knows I'm on a project like dishes. Come on, somebody. You know, like I turn some music on to fold the laundry. Like songs make all this difference, but what God is saying here is don't wait for the song. Like, be passionate everywhere you go, in the moment, always ready. In other words, you're not a thermometer, but you're a thermostat. Like, you're a spiritual thermostat. Like, we don't walk in and go, hmm, kind of warm in here. No, we walk in and be like, it's going to get warm in here. Like, it's going to get warm. I'm bringing some fire. Come on, Jerry. There, I was like to hear. Whoever's yelling, thank you. You can make an average preacher a great preacher by shouting down, you know. But I'm telling you, just bring the fire. You just, just bring it up a notch, you know. And oftentimes, we want to read people. Like, we just read the room. Like, oh, yeah, it's going on. I don't know if I should, should say something. Or should I, should I push a little bit here? Should I step in? Should I tell them I'm praying for them? And the Bible says don't read people, lead people. 
Just start leading people. Take an opportunity around you. Imagine if you saw your block, you saw your neighborhood, and people around your table and say, guess what? I'm not going to be a thermometer today. I'm going to be a thermostat. Like, I'm going to lead people. I, I, you know, when you see people all the time, we know people's business, right? Like, oh, I knew the person's like this, and oh, they're really struggling. Oh, what's going on? You hear the story and the story, and it's like, I knew they'd never make it, you know? Like, oh, man, we'll see, you know? And everybody knows everything, you know? But do we do something with it? Like, not just read what's going on, but lead. Like, lead, like, lead as God would call you to lead. Like, man, I'm praying for you. Like, I'm going to change the spiritual temperature of my neighborhood. Like, we've left here today and thought, this is my block. Like, I'm taking sole authority of, of these houses if your yard touches my yard, come on, somebody. I'm going to lead you to Jesus so you get rid of those weeds. You know what I'm talking about. They're creeping on over. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be that way. Like, I'm going to start witnessing these people, and I'm not doing, like, the old school door knock. Come on, somebody. I get an amen? You come to my house a door knock about Jesus. I'm a pastor. I'm like, bro, what are you doing here, you know? Like, we don't do that kind of thing. But we're going to do it through relationship and through knowing people and seeing people. You know, Jesus was amazing at this. Jesus always called people out to their best. Man, Jesus was always slowing down, talking to people, giving spiritual encouragement. He wasn't stepping down to the things of the world. He was stepping up to the things of God. He was calling people to their best. He invested in people. Man, he was insta-hot, right? All the time. And God's calling us to be insta-hot that we're for people today. You know, my prayer today is you leave here and you're like, whoa, I got I to I get hot on my spirituality. Like, I'm going to set the temperature up 15 degrees. Now, some of you guys just set it at 40, and you like that kind of thing. All right? But God wants you to be 90 degrees. That's how Diane likes that. You know, her vacation is going down the beach, and it doesn't, not San Diego. Come on, somebody. Um, she's talking about going all the way down Bahamas. You know, just that's how she rolls, you know? But you got to be hot. And God's calling us to be that. And today, I believe God is calling us to reach out and change the spiritual climate of those around us. Last week, we talked about this. How do we do it? What's the strategy? Like, how do we reach people? How do we bring this up without throwing it up? How do we do all this stuff? Last week, we brought this strategy up. It's called the invest and invite strategy. Two pieces to it. One is you're investing in somebody's life. I mean, it's just, it's just giving yourself away to people and just trusting God's going to use it. You just start giving your time, giving your talent, giving your energy, just blessing people, caring for people. You got to go back, watch it last week if you didn't see it. But today we're going to talk about inviting people. Like, how do you actually invite people? Like, how do you do it without being awkward and weird and, and kind of barfing it everywhere? Like, how do you actually do this? Like, what's it look like? We all have people in our lives that we could do this to. But how do we do it? And I want to give you a definition of inviting. And it's going to be different than any definition you've ever heard before about inviting. So if you've got a pen and paper, this is your chance. Come on, let's go old school. Get on your phone. Come on, somebody. All right? Get on your phone. And you've got to write this down. This is, this is how you invite people. You just help them take their next step with Jesus. All we do is just help them take their next step with Jesus. I didn't say you invite them to church and share the gospel. I'm saying help them take their next step to Jesus. You might have people in your life you recognize that are struggling. you got people in your family, maybe their marriage is going sideways, maybe they're having it out with their kids, and you see the stress level rise, and you're like, you know what? They probably don't have anybody in their life modeling how to do that. They have nobody in their life show them how to forgive. They have nobody in their life show them a better way. And today, you know, I'm just going to choose to, like, help them on that next step. I said, man, I can see you're struggling. How are you doing? You know, God offers forgiveness. Like, you can just walk through this with them. You don't do it right at the first conversation, but you start to see people around you. You start seeing the hopelessness. You guys got people in your life around you, you start seeing kind of drifting away, get isolated. You have people that struggle with depression. You have marriages that are stressed. I mean, all the time, we, we walk by people at work, and we walk by people down the hallway. We pretend we don't even know them, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, not today, I don't have time for this. And all of a sudden, we're, we're just isolated from everybody else. And God's saying, hey, you start seeing people. Like, what's their next step? What's God calling us to do? You know, Jesus always recognized people's next step. It's amazing. He's always saw that. Like, when he was around a crowd, he knew their next step. Matter of fact, there's a verse in the Bible I want to share with you as I knock this over. Matthew 9, 
It says Jesus went through all the towns and villages. I mean, he's traveling around to all these people. He says, teaching their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw who? Who do you see? The, the crowd. You got, don't miss this. Jesus' eyes were always on people. His eyes were always on people. He saw the crowd around him, all these people, and said he had compassion on them because they're harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. See, Jesus, Jesus noticed their next step. Like, he was like, cool, there's a big crowd today. I think most preachers would be good with a big crowd, you know what I'm saying? I mean, this isn't Hollywood, you know? Like, like Jesus isn't like, we got a lot of people today. That wasn't it for Jesus. Jesus looked at the crowd, and his heart was broken. He looked at people and thought, man, they need somebody to, to lead them. Like, there's nobody coaching these people. There's nobody developing these people. They have no model of how to do the things of God. They don't know the way to go. They don't know what they're doing. They're, they're showing up. They're, they got a 20-minute message or whatever this is, and they're going back out. Like, how, how are we going to do this? And Jesus recognized that people need a shepherd. He literally said there's sheep without a shepherd, and he looks at the disciples, and he starts telling them, like, these people need some help. Like, they need somebody to, to care for them and somebody to love them and somebody to just slow down their life enough to realize it's not about you and just to step outside yourself and say, I can help you. Like, I don't have all the answers, but I've got the answer, Amen. Like, I don't have to walk through your certain pain, but I've been through some pain, and I'm not in your circumstance, but I know God can do something. And all of a sudden, Jesus, he looks at his disciples, and he kind of does this mic drop moment in, in chapter 9, verse 37. He says, then he said to his disciples, he said, the harvest is plentiful, guys, but the workers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. He's asking his disciples to be shepherds. He said, look around you. See these guys here? I know you thought it was a cool event. It was awesome. We loved it. But this isn't good. Like, these people aren't on the right path. These people need some help. There's some hopelessness. There's some despair. There's some hurt. There's some things falling apart in their life. And so you guys can just get your eyes off yourself long enough, you recognize that they need some shepherds. And he calls the disciples to, to be shepherds to these people. As a matter of fact, I love this verse because Jesus is basically saying that people are willing to be changed if somebody would step up and lead. People are willing. If we would just step across the street, like if we just see people for who they really are, like stop turning the conversation about us, but make it about them. Just listen deeply to people. All of a sudden, there's change happening. Like there's a return on your investment. It's not like we're trying to do that. Like if I do something, better do it for me. But God is saying there is so much harvest. Like it is ready to be picked. And if we as Jesus followers, don't see that. We're going to miss the harvest right in front of us. we got neighbors. we got kids. we got family members we can reach out to. And we can overcomplicate this so much. Like, we say this all the time. I just don't know what to say. You ever said that? Like, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to bring this up. Like, I'm not qualified. Hey, I'll be the first one to tell you I'm not qualified. Come on, somebody. I'm not qualified. Do you think I'm special because I stand on an on 18-inch stage and hold a microphone? You're no. <laughs> just means I'm the center of the attention in this moment. But God should be the center of the attention. Like, we're not qualified. We're never going to be qualified. You're never going to know enough. You're never going to feel like you know enough, right? We tell ourselves this all the time. I mean, if I was just spiritual enough, if I had the right answers, man, you know what Jesus just says? He says, just look at the sheep. I promise you guys, if we see the people around us every day as so how God sees them, our heart would be broken. Like, if we saw what they're going through on the inside, I don't care what they look on the outside, okay? You can be whatever you want to be, but on the inside, there's struggles, there's insecurities, there's fears, 
There's doubt, there's frustration, there's bitterness, unforgiveness, all these things in their life. And if we just slow down and say, man, I see you. Like, I see what's going on in your life. Man, how can I help you? Like, all of a sudden, like, this is the way. Matter of fact, the early church, they didn't call it church. They didn't call it Christians. They just called it the way. Like, are you part of the way? Like, the way of life that you do when you follow Jesus. Like, we have a different way of doing it, don't we? Like, all of a sudden, when we fight, we fight different. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we still do dumb stuff, but then we come back to Jesus. Come on, somebody, right? Like, it is different. Like, there's just something different about it. There's some forgiveness involved and some grace involved and second chances involved and more love involved. And we start changing their attitude and what we say. Like, we have a different way of life. And that's what Jesus is calling us to do, just to look at the sheep, to see the hurt, to see the loss and the depression. I mean, the diagnosis, the single mom, I mean, the person who lost their job, somebody who is helpless. You know what makes a great sermon? It's somebody who stares at the sheep. Like, if you can be a great leader for Christ, just start looking around you at people. Matter of fact, this is what happened in a story in the Bible in Mark chapter 2. It says this, a few days later when Jesus entered again in Capernaum, they heard, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers there was no room left. Jesus is in this house. It is packed full of people. It says not even outside the door there was room. And he preached the word to them, and some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. And since they could not get them to Jesus, could not get this man to Jesus, because the crowd was so big, they made an opening in the roof over above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat with the man was laying on to Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. I mean, can you imagine being one of these four men just walking down the road trying to get to Jesus? Like they saw something, something incredible. I believe this, when you see people as God sees them, you have no ability inside your life not to help. Like, you just can't help but to help. Like, you just can't help but to help them. And somebody must have saw this guy. I don't know if he's 50 yards, five feet, you know, five miles from the house that Jesus is at. But this paraplegic man, he's on the side of the road probably begging for somebody to bring him to Jesus. While the crowd passes by, most of the world walks by this man. Somebody had to stop. And saw this guy, I don't know if he was crawling with his arms, pulling a mat behind him to get to Jesus while everybody was running to Jesus. And some leader who decided to set the thermostat in somebody's life stopped and said, hey, guys, come here. We need some help. Everybody get a corner. We're going to get this guy to Jesus. I don't know what it's like, but they maybe twist those arms around the edge of a sheet like you do when you pick up something. And they just started struggling down the road to get, hey, watch out. Hey, coming through. And they started pushing this guy to Jesus. And all of a sudden, it wasn't about these four men. It was about, this might be the greatest picture of shepherding the Bible. Like, just nothing crazy. I just saw a man that needed help, and I stopped. And I invited him, literally by taking him to Jesus. He'd have a choice. Come on, somebody. If you've got a paraplegic in your life, this is your chance. You know, it's like, I'm just going to give him to Jesus. And all of a sudden, they show up, and it gets more awkward. Like, it just wasn't easy anymore. Like, we carried him maybe five miles or for five minutes. I'm not sure. And they show up, and there's so many people that he can't get in. And all of a sudden, they start doing something that's so awkward and so unorthodox and so uncomfortable. Like, everybody's going to start to stare at them. They're like, you know what? We can't get in the front door. But guess what? Somebody brought a sledgehammer today so we can go through the roof. Who brought the sledgehammer in the crew? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what they were thinking. They got a sledgehammer and a paraplegic man. They'd mean some business with Jesus today. If you show up with a sledgehammer and a paraplegic person to church next week, you will be a top by list for next staff person. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Like, you are on fire. You have set the, the spiritual thermostat for the church. 
So they get up on the roof, and I don't know where they're going to dig. I mean, they must have picked a spot. And uh, there was an adobe brick, so it's, it's got to be hay and some clay and some water. And it's, it's hard. It's not like concrete, but it's hard. And like they move the thatch out of the way. And they're up on the roof, you know what I'm saying? It would have fallen through if it was thatch. And so they take out the sledgehammer and start banging. Can you imagine somebody banging on the roof right now? I mean, I'm preaching. Would I be still be preaching? I'd be like, I'm so curious to see <laughs> what is happening. And Jesus, you know, he had to stop. I mean, you know he's just watching like this is all. He knows what's going on, but he's like, this is going to be awesome. And they pop a hole through the roof, and some guy kind of leans over and kind of sees through, which I got to put the Mac when I do that. And he sees through, and he's like, yep, this is the right hole. We got it. Jesus is down. I see him. I see him. What's going on? And they start pounding away to a big hole on the roof until this guy had come through. It's just, you know, debris flying everywhere. It's the most awkward moment in the world. You know what I'm talking about? Well, you know you brought Jesus up in a conversation. Everybody's like. <sighs> this guy just keeps swinging. Can you imagine being that guy? You come looking at me, I'm going to hit you with that brick. Wham, you know. He's just knocking. You don't care what people are thinking. He's just totally unorthodox. And he lowers the man down, and Jesus says, because of their faith. I mean, these guys were believing for this man. This guy's sins are forgiven. I'm telling you, when you see people, you see past your fear. Like, when you see their hurt, and you see their future, and you know where that road goes? Like, you're just sitting on the side of the road, and if you stay there, you're never going to get where God has called you to go. Like, all of a sudden, you're like, you're not reaching the potential, like, of what God has in your life. You see your own kids. You see people around you. You're like, you know, I'm just going to help you get to Jesus. I'm not going to do it awkward. If you slow up a sledgehammer with your friend's house, it's going to get weird. You know what I'm saying? But you're not going to do it in an awkward way. You're just going to see past your fears. So you're going to start saying some things a little different. You're going to start thinking a little different. You're going to start asking different questions. And all of a sudden, you're going to start to see God use your life because you're tearing the roof off of their life. You're tearing the roof off of your friend's lives. This is who God has called. I feel like Paul Bunyan up here, by the way. It's pretty good. It's awesome. But you see past the fears. You know, it's so uncomfortable. I mean, you start doing stuff that's, like, not socially acceptable anymore. Like, it used to be okay to play it easy, but now that you see people, you don't care if it's easy. Like, yeah, it's going to get awkward, but awkward is awesome. It's just awesome. Like, I'm just going to point people to Jesus. You okay, you don't like that? That's cool. I'm not doing it mean or rude. I'm going to take a risk for Jesus. Like, I'm just going to do something I don't normally do. It's so uncomfortable because I am spiritually instantly hot. I mean, other people are going to stare you down sometimes. They're not going to understand what you're doing. I have a question for you. Did it matter to the paralyzed person that it was awkward? Like, did it matter to the paralyzed person that it was unorthodox or weird? Did it matter to them that it required a lot of work on behalf of the person taken there? Did it matter to them that everybody's attention was on them? Did it matter? Oh, it absolutely mattered to the person that was paralyzed, didn't it? Like he's sitting back, walking out with his mat as a forgiven person saying, thank you guys for tearing the roof off to get me to Jesus. Now the rest of you walk by me, that's cool. God will forgive you, but you took me to Jesus. I don't know about you, but thank God somebody ripped the roof off of my life, amen? I mean, somebody went out of their way to tell you about Jesus. I promise you it was awkward. It was weird, all right? And God is calling us to do the same thing, to get people to Jesus. You know, sometimes you forget the difference that God makes in somebody's life. Like we forget what happens when they see Jesus the way we see Jesus. They forget about the grace and the mercy. They don't have any idea of the life that's ahead of them. And sometimes people kind of lose their path, and we get the ability to tear the roof off and invite them out to church. And I want to show you how this looks like. Just a very practical, like what happens when somebody gets back with Jesus? Let me tear the roof off. Check this out. Hi, hi. my name is Alan. Alan. Uh, uh, this is my beautiful wife, Rachel, and this is our story. I think my passion for people came from specifically a person, uh, his name was Coach Johnson, a sixth grade teacher 
I was going through a rough time and he showed an interest. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to help people just by listening, uh, being involved, answering questions, asking questions. So I'm the PTA president at my daughter's school and I also lead a Girl Scout troop just to be able to work with kids and our community. My childhood um, was really rocky, not very stable, and so I'm very passionate about um, giving kids maybe some of the things that I didn't have and making sure that their basic needs are met. It might have been something COVID related, uh, having a lot of your joy taken away. Uh, you feel like I need something to bring joy back. Church was perfect. You know? And I really liked during COVID that, like I know you guys did a lot of watch parties and stuff, and I, I see those videos and I thought, we need to be a part of that. We need to be somewhere where it's like a family. And Miss Vicki had started posting a bunch of videos that you guys were doing online, and I knew that some of the families that went to real life my, our daughter danced with. And so I reached out to Miss Vicki and asked her a little bit about it, and I asked her to give me a little bit of information about the children's program. So Miss Vicki uh, talked to me about church and told me when the services were, and I think we needed a connection in our community because we're both pretty involved in the community. Yeah, close to home, people that we knew were going there. Uh, and people we were gonna be surrounded with in our daily life were there. So we knew that those people were gonna, you know, have some common goals, and we decided to check it out. The first time we came to real life, I pretty much cried through the whole first for, for the whole service. Like I just really felt touched, and I—I yeah. I mean, I like my mask was wet <laughs> because I had cried the whole time. I was—I just felt really at peace. Like this is where I—I I just felt like that was God kind of telling me this is where you need to be, and I was just so relieved. Yeah, it was like getting a big hug. It was—you felt my soul this, got yeah. a big hug. Yeah, it was—it was pretty cool. Yeah. It felt like home. It felt like family. It felt like, you know, these are the people that we need to be around. And now it's just, it's kind of growing from there. We're getting more involved in different aspects of a youth group. We're, we're going to get involved in youth group. And I was reassuring Rachel, I'm like, I, you would be amazing at this. I, because I feel like the way she sees people, it lets them know that they're being seen. She looks at them and she can tell when people need something. If they need a hug, if they need a, a kind word, she's really good at that. I was like, I think youth group is Thanks. where you need to be. <laughs> the impact that Real Life has had on our life, it's been absolutely huge. It, it's affected every area of our life. It's its not one thing over here and one thing over here. It's its just kind of spread throughout everything. Yeah, it's made our family stronger, like uh, we're closer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Happier, I feel, I feel more joy. Peaceful, I feel a lot of peace. We pray more. Um, purposefully, I guess. Yeah. It feels like we give more to God. I've, I've said that a lot at our at our meetings, at our uh, men's group, uh, give it to God. And I feel like we're giving more to God and just letting Him kind of guide us. And I struggle with worrying, and so I worry about everything. And so I feel like I now, because I can give it to God and I know that it'll be okay, and I don't worry as much, I feel a lot more peaceful. Like I feel a lot less stressed and I know that like come Sunday, I'm gonna have that connection to recharge. And we're really excited because on Easter, our daughter and I will be baptized. And I kind of explained to her what it was and we completely left it up to her because we didn't want her to feel like we were pushing her to do something, like we want it to be her choice. And she was like, yeah, I want to. 
If you're thinking about inviting someone to church uh, this Easter or any time actually, we were invited and it made the biggest difference in our lives. So reach out to people, talk to them, let them know that this is a great church family for them to come to. We're just really grateful to Vicki and um, our families from dance that kind of put us in touch with real life. We're the Giels family. And we call real life home. Dude, how incredible is this story? They're right back here. Rachel, Alan, dude, we're so proud. It's our honor to be part of your story, to see what God's doing. Come on, give it up for them. It's incredible. It's such a blessing to play a part of the story. I don't play much part of the story, but Vicki plays a part of the story. And it was so great when I was interviewing you guys in this video. I said, hey, tell me what you think about Vicki inviting you out. You're like, Gina's out, you know? You had no idea about all the prayer and the, the patience and the strategy, nothing crazy, but just seeing you guys. So encouraging. So give it up for Vicki for tearing the roof off. Come on. Played her video last week. If you missed it, you can check out her part of the story. But I love it, seeing you guys take your steps, these next steps with Jesus. Alan's in my uh, life group of Men's Fireside Chat. And I'm telling you, this guy is the real deal. Like level two, level three, like brings it to like, it just sees people. I mean, just amazing. And so being in the group, it's like, you just bring it up a notch, you know, every time. And I know Rachel the same way. And uh, they're jumping into helping with the youth group. And I'm excited to see the generations be impacted because you guys see people. And, uh, you know, you go back in, in generations, it's pretty cool because you, you guys are invited by Vicky and uh, Vicky and Vic, uh, Victor, you're invited out by Christy Hardy. And that you guys are in between churches and whatever spaces. And, and Christy, she's sitting over here. She's like, you know, Christy's going to invite everybody out. You know what I'm saying? She's got woo, you know. Um, it's just a networker of people. And so she just started honing in and just started inviting, 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 and just maybe tore the roof off in some way for them to be part of the story. And now you guys are like the spiritual mom and dad of the church. You guys be like spiritual mom and dad of youth group. Just making a difference. It's just people reaching people, like seeing how God sees. And so come on, can we get up for Christy as well for playing a part of the story, what God is doing. I'm like, every time I learn more about this story, I'm like, this is so incredible. Like to see how people just make a difference. And so those little small things add up. And so today I wanna encourage you, like how do we do this? Like how do we invite people? Like just practically, what does it look like? Like how do we bring it up without throwing it up? Like how are we gonna do this? And I believe this, the very first thing it starts with, it just starts with prayer. I mean, serious private prayer makes all the difference. Just taking the time to pray. If you have a breakthrough moment in your life, it's gonna start on your knees. It's gonna start in a moment of surrender. You say, God, I'm giving up. God, I'm going your way. God, it's not about me. Matter of fact, look at what Jesus did in Matthew 14, 23. He says, after he dismissed them being the crowd, He's like, I've done the crowd. He says, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. I don't know about you, but if Jesus prayed, like we might not be marked by prayer in our life, but if Jesus is praying, should we pray? He got away from everybody. You know, the only three places you're gonna see Jesus, you're gonna see him with lost people, you're gonna see him with leaders, and you're gonna see him praying. That's where Jesus spent his life. It wasn't uh, accumulating wealth, it was with people. Leaders lost and praying. And Jesus sets the standard of prayer. He's just aligning his heart with his Father. He's being filled up. He's getting his passion fueled. This is why he was insta-hot. Like he knew exactly his mission. 
He wasn't just talking, he was listening. He was receiving things of God just like we can. And look how Jesus prayed. Luke 6, 12, he says, on, the day, on those days, Jesus went out to the mountainsides to pray and spent the night praying to God. I don't know about you, but I've never spent the night praying to God. I'm like, this is so sobering. Like Jesus literally spent the entire night praying. What would happen in our families? Like what would happen on our blocks? Like what would happen to these empty seats? Like what would happen to the suicide rate? Like, what would happen if we spent the entire night praying? I can only imagine. Like, it all starts. Like, private prayer always leads to public victory. It always goes that way. Every great movement of God in the history of the mankind has always started with prayer. And if you want to change your life, you're like, man, I'm, I'm not seeing the things of God in my life. Man, you better start praying. This is like your warning sign. Like, you better make this a priority. And Jesus, look at all the stuff he did. Mark, Mark or six, Luke 6, 12. I just read the verse. Move on. Luke 5, 16. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And I love this. He often went. I mean, I don't know what your prayer life is, but he often went to prayer. I mean, he, he got all the busyness of life and all the crowd around him. He's healing and helping. And he said, man, I got to get refreshed. I've got to get filled. And he prayed. And he led with prayer. Matter of fact, Lucas says in Mark 1.35, it says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went out to a solitary place where he prayed. Like Jesus like ran to people and then ran to God. Just ran to people and ran to God. I'm telling you something, you will be defeated if you're depleted. Like if you're like wondering why you're stumbling in this season and God's not using you and things aren't going your way and it's not making any sense, like are you full of God? Like your passion fuel is Jesus. Like he is in your life, he will sustain you. Like I don't have the strength. Oh, dude, you don't have to have the strength. Jesus has the strength, amen? Like Jesus will sustain you. I promise you, God is calling you to go somewhere where you can't do it on your own and it's only through prayer. So it all starts with prayer. So that was the easy step, come on somebody. <laughs> and maybe the hardest step is the first one. But the second thing is this, listen deep to people. Matthew 9, 36, we talked about earlier, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they're harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. You gotta imagine Jesus is just staring at people wondering what's next for them. Like, did the question ever hit us? Like, how are we gonna reach this city? Like, how am I gonna change my family? And Jesus sees it. And he says, you know, I got, I've, got a, I've got to change. I've got to do something. Like, he's listening to all the world. Like, sheep without a shepherd. You know, you can change the world by simply listening. We're not good listeners by nature. I don't know. If you're a good listener, you have a gift from God. Come on, somebody. I mean, typically we're in a conversation. How's it usually go? Somebody's talking and we're thinking about, <laughs> right? Like, I'll say something and then the next thing, somebody just, it's all about them. It's like, cool. You know, we'll talk. So we're talking about them. And that's fine. But, you, you know, we always make it by ourselves, don't we? Like we're always talking about the next story, like the one-upper, like, oh, me too, and we take it somewhere else. But what if we just said, somebody's talking about whatever, and we said, oh, really, how cool is that? Tell me more about that. Like what if we just listen deeper? Like what if we walked through like the hallway and we heard some conversation, we were like, man, I heard you saying something earlier, and it was kind of just bothering me a little bit. Just talk about it. But we like to isolate. You know, we live in a culture where relationships are an inch deep. They're as deep as a swipe. That's how we live. Like, we don't want to know people. Like, seriously, we might walk around our own house and not, you know, talk, you know we got one hallway. We're not the mansion. Come on, somebody, you know. There's one hallway. We just pretend like we don't see somebody, right? It's so easy just to avoid people. 
but we can no longer just walk by. Like God is calling us to stop and to listen. John Maxwell says this, he said, the great conversations on earth are great listeners because people love talking about themselves. Like you need a great conversation, let's just ask good questions, which is my third point. Pray deep, listen deep, and then ask deep. Ask deeper questions. You know, for most of us, we're terrible at this. Nobody ta- There's not a class. There should be a class in high school, middle school. How to ask great questions. It's like one of the greatest marks of a leader is somebody who can ask great questions. In a world where people don't want relationships, I promise you, if you're gonna reach millennials and like Gen Z and the next generation, I mean, what we do here on Sunday is not gonna compete with anything they're seeing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you, got, you know, people go to church like, oh, what about the lights? Dude, we'll, they wanna be known by somebody, come on. They want somebody who's gonna say, man, how you doing? You know, if people show up and nobody talks to them, they're not coming back. They will never come back. I know, I had a guy tell me one time. I showed the first week, it was amazing. The second week, nobody talked to me. Just fall out that place. It's like low hanging fruit. Like they're coming to our house and we didn't give them a seat at the table. Like we didn't even recognize it. It's like, oh, we got so much work to do. This is, what, this is how Jesus sees people. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and I will learn from me for I will gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. I mean, are we the kind of people when we get around others that they feel rested? Are we the kind of people when we show up to the room, people are like, oh, thank God they're here. Like that, that guy's a friend. I don't know him that well, but that guy's for me. Are we the kind of people that somebody can lean their, their head on their shoulder and say, man, I know you got this. Like, I trust you. I don't have a lot of friends in life. You're one of them. Are we the kind of the room we bring people at ease? Are we the kind of people who leave more than we take? Are we the kind of people that deposit in people's lives and we say, I see something in you and we're believing people? You know how you do that? You just start asking better questions. Like we don't talk about football. I do love football. But we talk about other stuff. There's a great question. I believe we can reach our city with this one question. And how's your family doing? Yeah, I know we'll get to the business. <laughs> how's your family doing? How are you doing? Man, you told me you're stressed out at home. What's going on? Well, I'll be honest with you. And you're super passionate about your family. Man, where'd your passion for your family come from? Dude, that's a third level question. I mean, somebody come ask you about how passionate about your family. I promise you, somebody's gonna tell you something. Something about abuse, something about neglect, something about my dad was so awesome. I see so many people treat their kids this way. I mean, they're just, you start seeing their soul. Like you just don't see somebody or a problem, you see a soul. You start asking deep questions, all of a sudden God's gonna give you people to invite to the next step. You just gotta ask a deeper question. I don't know about you, I'm not good at asking questions. Like I had to learn to do this. Like, Pastor Petrie is not a good question to ask her, but I'm becoming a better question. You've been around me the last six months. You're like, this guy's got a lot of questions. Like my life group is built on questions. I told him you guys show up and you guys set the agenda because I'm just gonna keep asking questions. And when I see some gold or I see a place that God is just moving, I'm gonna just give it a little verse. I'm gonna throw it back to you and we're gonna see God move. That's how the group is ran. I feel like it's like the most greatest picture of church I've ever seen in my life. I've never been more excited about doing this than anything I've done in 14 years of ministry. It's just asking good questions. Man, I know it's your passion about politics. Come on, somebody. That's a good question. Not, who'd you vote for? You're a Democrat? Oh, man, oh, sir. Dumb. Man, I, I noticed you just moved in. What brought you to here? Man, you said you're an engineer. Man, what made you passionate about engineering? Man, why'd you go down that path? Hey, you mentioned last time your mom got diagnosed with cancer. Man, how's your family doing? Man, how are you doing? I mean, if we walked out of here with that kind of questions, this place would explode. 
We live in a world that has nothing deeper than an inch in relationships. We could simply just say, there's a crowd that doesn't have a shepherd. I'm just gonna start shepherd. I'm gonna start be insta-hot around people. I promise you, if you pray deep and you listen deep and you ask deep, you don't have to invite. They're gonna invite themselves. They will. They will come to you and they'll say, I just trust you with this. I don't know why. I just know you're different. If I'm struggling, my kids are doing this, what should I do? Don't come out to church. <laughs> come out to the things of God. You know, I'm waiting for that, that question. You know you're doing this right when people ask you, come on, somebody. Like you know you're praying and leading and, and asking these questions when people come to you and say, hey, what should I do next? I'm not special. I just was loving you the way Jesus loved people. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't go out of your way to invite people because I think you should. And some great ways of doing that are simply, simply saying, you know what, I, I see what you're going through. Can I tell you what made all the difference in my life? If you get people on a heart-to-heart conversation and you just want to share your heart about what God's done in your life, they will say yes to you every single time. And you say, I don't know if this, if, where you stand on this, but God has made all the difference in my life. I said, Jesus, I would not be here if it wasn't for God. I, man, I think I need to try, try that out. What time is the service on Sunday? It's not weird, you know? It can be. Sometimes it's going to be. But people come to you. Or you can say, you know, last time we talked, I can tell you, you were stressed out by your family. You know, there's a guy that I'm, I'm close to, and it seems like faith makes all the difference in his life. Man, how's your faith in this season? Does it make a difference for you? Do you think God's trying to do something to that? I love asking people, do you, do you think God put on your life to break you or to build you? Just start thinking differently. I don't know about you, but I start logging questions. I start like writing good questions out. I'm like, this is a million dollar question. One of the questions, we used to use them in life groups all the time, but I start asking people, if you could see God do something in your life in the next month, what would it be? Anything at all. That's an amazing question. I had an opening for my life group and it lasted an hour. You know what I'm saying? Like if we slow down and just ask deeper questions, people are just gonna invite themselves to the things of God. The reality is the doors are wide open every day around us. Like people are waiting to find an answer. They're just lost. They don't know what direction to go. Just one prayer, one question, one type of listening, just one simple invite can change people's lives. Matter of fact, uh, Dana Jermaine was walking to Firehouse Subs. Is Todd here today? Todd's in the house. So Todd came to real life. He was between churches and stuff. He's eating a firehouse sub. I don't know, hook and ladder. I don't know what you're eating, boy. But you got something. You came out with your stuff, and Dana Jermaine was just walking in and says, hey, you should come check out real life. God's just doing this great stuff. It's like, oh, they had a relationship already. And because of that, he showed up by one simple invite. Because Dana didn't see, oh, hey, Todd, how's football game? Cool, man. Got a sub. She came ready, insta-hot. Ooh, this is a God moment. Hey, Todd, this is great. God's doing great stuff. Just a simple invite. And I don't know, like, Todd, I don't know Todd very well or not, but oh, well, I'm telling your story. And I'm not going to say anything crazy. He, he loves it. That's right. I'm not going to give you the... We're not going to tell those stories, Todd. <laughs> Nobody's coming to life groups ever again. Um, but Todd, he's like, he's, he's different. Like, you know, I mean, first, he's been here, you know, what, like two, three years now. And in like, this last six months, three months, it's not Todd King. It's the King. Like, you see Jesus. Like, he's just different. He can't point his life where he says, don't worry about me. And all of a sudden, it's like, what? this isn't the normal Todd King. This is not, this is Jesus. And that's what God did with one little invite to like, to now. And God begins to grow people. So there's my challenge for you. Here's Easter coming up, right? One of the greatest times to invite people. 
80% of people you invite out will come. The statistics. Now, COVID's going to twist that around. We have no, no experience with this, right? Like last year, so we were online. That was a lot easier to plan. Come on, somebody. You know? But now, now we're going to be in person. And so you just invite people out. We tell you, you can have 50 Sundays a year, but give us two. Give us two Sundays. This next Sunday, don't come alone. Bring somebody with you. Just tear the roof off somebody's house. You're coming with me. Get a sledgehammer. Start taking them. Just say, God, God I know God's going to stuff. I know you're talking about your family. You've been, you're talking about this a long time. Just try it. Just try it out. Just try it. Just see what God will do. And we're a church for people. We're not going to do anything awkward next week. We're not going to be like calling out the visitors. But just invite them out. And that's just as simple as that. So I want to encourage you guys. Let's be investing in people. Let's be inviting people. You guys ready to be insta-hot? You guys ready to turn up the heat? Man, set the spiritual temperature. I believe God's calling you to do that. Father, we come before you. God, help us to set the spiritual temperature in our families first, in our own lives. God, we're going to pray. God, we're going to put you on the throne just be willing to see people. God, help us to see the brokenness of humanity around us. God, help us to be still and just listen and ask questions and go deeper. Today, I pray for those who want to turn up the thermostat. Those who are tired of reading around the room, they're trying to lead the room today. God, I pray for those who say, you know what, I'm going to be insta-hot today. I'm going to live on purpose, on mission. I'm going to be investing, inviting people out. This is what God has called me to be, to make a difference. I mean, if that's you, just raise your hand high and say, I'm insta-hot right now. I'm ready to be insta-hot. Man, put your hand up if that's you. I'm ready to turn up the spiritual thermostat. It is me today. Make your hands up all across this room. Now I'll pray for you. Father God, thank you for every hand raised. Thank you for what you do in the heart of people. God, give us somebody. Just who can we invite? Just bring somebody beside us. Just not invite to the church, invite to God. Let's just, be, let's just boast in the things of Jesus, your, our forgiveness and our grace and the mercy. So God, I pray you just use us. God, to be a light to our world, that we take sole ownership of our block and our family. God, we'd kind of people that we'd pray all night because we love you. God, find us with lost people, catch us with leaders, but more importantly, that we kneel at the foot of the cross. I'll pray for one more group of people today, and that's those of you who say, you know what, I need Jesus. Like, I need what you're talking about. Like, I feel like God's looking at me today. Like, God's seeing me. Like, he sees my brokenness and my pain and my hurt, and he's willing to heal and forgive my life. And I'm thankful for somebody who invited me out today, but I need Jesus. And if that's you, the Bible says, whoever calls on Jesus will be forgiven, they be made new that their sins be washed away, you find purpose in real life in Jesus. If you call on him, you'll be changed. And so Dave, if that's you, you say, I need Jesus. You say yes to Jesus. Maybe you're online, maybe you're in person. Maybe just put your hand here. If you're in the room, if you're online, click the button. Say, I need Jesus today. Like I need real life and purpose. And if that's you, just pray this. Say, Father God, thanks so much for dying a cross for me. God made my life about everything else, but today I realize that you are looking for me. And today I'm home. God, you are willing to forgive me and save me. God, thank you for a new life in Jesus. God, use me. I'm going to be insta-hot. Thank you for whoever invited me to hear this message. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give it up for God and what he's doing today. If you're with us today or you're online following along and you, you made that decision for Jesus, I want you to know it is the biggest and the best decision that you could have ever made in your entire life. We are so excited for you, and we want to be there with you. So I've got a couple great next steps if that's you today. The first one is this. Let us know about your decision by texting RLNEXT to 97000. What we'll do is we'll have a connection team member reach out to you over the phone. They'll just call you up, make you feel at home here at Real Life, answer any questions that you might have. 
And their whole purpose is this, is to just to get you started off on the right foot. Again, help you in any way that we possibly can. We know that God cares about you. We want you to know that we care about you as well. So we're so excited for you. If you happen to be with us in person, I've got another following step that you can do. At the back of the worship center, grab a red bag. Inside there's a Bible. There's a link to some other great resources. It's just another thing that you can do just to get started off on the right foot after making such a great decision. We are, again, we are so, so excited for you. For everybody else, I've got some great next steps for you as well. Pastor Sean was talking about next week is Easter. Are you guys ready? Man, it is gonna be awesome. And this year, we're gonna do something uh, that we do during the year other times, but this is the first time we've ever done it at Easter, we're gonna baptize. And so if you don't know what baptism is, it's just simply, uh, it's just a symbol, it's a picture, you go in the water, get, get put under. It's just a symbol of we are dead to sin, we are all in for Jesus, we are alive to God. And if you've never done that, if you've made a decision for Jesus recently, you've never been baptized, we really wanna encourage you to join and get baptized this Easter. You can do that by signing up on reallifechurchkc.com. You can come talk to me. We'll get you We'll get you hooked up. It is a great way just to celebrate Easter. I think we've got five, six, maybe. I think I've, I heard some more people today sign up. Uh, it is gonna be a great, great time. So we want you to be involved. Please get signed up. For everybody else, this is the perfect time. This is one of the two Sundays, again, that we ask you to make this really simple invite. And more than invite, just only invite them, just grab them, bring them with you. More people will come to Easter or Christmas, but Easter right now, than, than will come any other time of the year just because it's like a cultural expectation. But man, who in your life isn't going to church? And even if you don't, they, you might not know what's going on in their life. They may be searching for something. They may be going through something that you don't know about. What a great opportunity to make a difference in their lives, just like you saw in that video, you never know until you make that ask. Just, just to step into somebody's life and just to do that for them, it is, it's an opportunity, it's a blessing, it's an honor to be able to do that. So think about somebody today that you can be praying about bringing next week on Easter. I just love, 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 love whenever I think about the generosity and the generous heart that you guys have here at Real Life. It allows us to do so many things that God's called us to do here in our community and really across the world. And so I want to continue to encourage you guys to be faithful with your generosity. And if that's you today, you can continue to do that in three different ways here at Real Life. The first one is by going online again at reallifechurchkc.com. Click the giving tab. You can text any amount to 84321, or you can drop a cash or check at the giving box at the back. So the other thing that we're going to do cool at Easter is we're launching a new message series. I want you guys to check out this video and see what it's all about. There we go. Who's ready for that? That's right. I want you to know me and Jason Meredith, we were super offended that we were not invited to be in that video. We would have tore the house down, wouldn't we? That's right. Man, do not come alone next week, 9, 30, and 11. You, you do not want to miss next week. 
Man, for the kids, we're gonna have a glow-in-the-dark Easter egg hunt at both gatherings. Again, we are baptizing. There's gonna be a photo booth. It is gonna be awesome. And more importantly than anything, we are going to bring real life to people that need it. So I can't wait to see you guys next week. If you guys need prayer for any reason, we'll have a team member. We would love to pray with you right up here at the stage. And again, 930 and 11 next week. And remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. We'll see you guys next week.